Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave presented by Brodo Fantasy. This is where we take a look at all 32 teams in the NFL during the month of August. Before we begin, patreon.com slash Fantasy is the website if you want to support the show. Some extras you can get on Patreon. You get an extra waiver wire show every single week. Access to the Brodo Leagues. Does your league suck? Well, this definitely will not. You will be in a league with other Brodo community members. You get access to the Discord so you can talk your stuff with them. Also, there's a tier where we will follow you on Twitter so you can DM us so the rest of your league can't see the advice we're giving you. Please visit BrotoFantasy.com. That is a one-stop shop for everything Brodo Fantasy. It features our exclusive stat, true throw value and true target value, plus rankings from fantasy pro experts Michael, Jason, and Tim Petrop. Waiver wires, start sit advice, everything you need is at BrotoFantasy.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for up-to-the-minute TD updates on game day and up-to-the-minute start sit decisions. And, of course, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy to see our lovely faces. So without any further ado, let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We're in Philly, baby. Born and raised. Cheese steaks. No, in the playground, you spend <laughs> most of my days. Most days. Going. Chilling out, maxing, and taking a look at the Eagles Fantasy Football Outlook. That's right, corny. All cool. Corny but good, just like, just like uh, us, I know, I corn guess, chips. Right? Corny We're a but corny good. sometimes. Um, so let's take a look first at the offensive outlook for the Eagles. Again, that's when we take a look at their coaching staff and their and to see what is the effect of the coaching staff on the offense. Because remember, football is a big game of chess, and although you could have the best players on the field, it's the person moving those pieces. Man, are the Eagles deep? Yeah, the, the Eagles are say deep. That. deep AF, as the cool kids would say. Yeah, we're going to get to a lot of players right now. But first, let's get to their coaches. The head coach, uh, Doug Peterson, is the same, of course. And Mike Groh is in his second year after getting promoted from wide receivers coach. Last year, he is the offensive coordinator. He's in his second year with the Eagles. Uh, threw the ball 61% of the time, 7th in the NFL, 14th in total offense, 18th in point scores, but lots of of injuries last season, which makes you realize why they're so deep. Let's go with the biggest injury that there was last season on this team, Carson Wentz, as we take a look at the position breakdowns for quarterback. Carson Wentz, listen, the baby gloves are off. It's his show. Last year, he had improved numbers across the board, but he didn't put up those fantasy impact numbers because, number one, he couldn't move around, so he couldn't get those rushing yards. And number two, the TD numbers weren't there, and the big plays weren't there. So although he became a more accurate and better pocket passer, that knee injury definitely slowed him down. So there's two ways to look at it this year for Wentz. Do you think that that time in the pocket helps him as a passer, and now he has, now that he has athletic abilities back, he'll be better? Or is his, are his athletic abilities gone forever, in which case you're taking away a big part of what made him such a great and viable MVP candidate that year. Jason, let's start with you because you actually just drafted him in the Raz Bowl, which is um, one of the, one of a big fantasy tournament for for pros. So, talk to me. Yeah, I got him in the ninth round. I'm usually not a guy who drafts top quarterbacks, but when I have, I have Carson Wentz rated as my fifth quarterback. So when he's on the board in the ninth round and all the players look blah to me, I'm gonna grab the quarterback that I want. And I think it's because I haven't ranked fifth because, like you said. Last year, he wasn't as good, but he was still, in the games he played, the 13th quarterback. So, that's his floor. 
Carson Wentz is going to be a quarterback one. The question is just how high. And when you're asking how high, well, in 2017, he was shaping up to be the MVP. In 2018, he was coming off an injury. His touchdowns regressed a little, 21 in 11 games. But we expect more than that from Wentz. Sometimes it's just bad luck. He was 13th in true throw value. So coming back from an injury, he was still a pretty decent in that range. Top half quarterback. And Deshaun Jackson's there now. And he Mm -hmm. changes lives for quarterbacks. So I think Wentz, MVP potential, bottom end floor. Yeah, the thing is about Wentz is not that he's... He's not a running quarterback. He just likes to scramble a bit, which I don't think it's going to change much. I mean, in 2017, that MVP type season, he only had 299 rushing yards, zero touchdowns. 299 so, is nothing to sneeze. Yeah, at. I mean that's 30 extra but, fancy points. But he doesn't. I'm saying he doesn't. There's no runs where he doesn't make the throw just to run. He, he did have the a throw lot of, when it's there. His oh yeah, rookie season he did have a yeah. lot of plays where he's scrambling and hitting Aguilar deep for a touchdown. Yeah, but the I mean the more time he has to throw, the more weapons he has. The better chance he has of getting back to that MVP level. I also have Carson Wentz higher than the consensus. I think I have him as my QB5 as well. So, or 6 right behind Baker. Uh yeah, 6 right behind Baker. Um so all right, yeah, I love Carson Wentz too this year. I think look, it's his injury concerns. If he's on the field, he's going to be good. And quarterback so deep this year if he gets injured, you could make it up. Or just draft like Garoppolo or Lamar Jackson, or we'll talk about Garoppolo later. He's one of my favorite sleepers this year. Tom Brady, as a uh, backup. Let's go to the running back position. They acquired Jordan Howard. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm trying to find players on their last uh, on their last deals, especially the last year of their rookie deals when they're getting their first opportunity to get paid. Hard runner already. He's going to run even that much harder. 685 yards after contact last season was eighth in the league, and that's a that's an aggregate. Don't forget. So he had less. He had less. Uh, touches than the guys before him third in the NFL in rushing since being drafted that's right third overall um, will definitely be part of a committee but when you have a running back by committee there's an important factor that you have to take into consideration that's pass blocking and right now the the reports are Miles Sanders can't pass block on the other hand Jordan Howard allowed two pressures on 92 pass blocking snaps last season, that's the highest pass blocking efficiency of any running back with at least 30 pass blocking snaps in the league. So you have a guy who can pass block that will probably be on the field on first and second down, and that's Jordan Howard. So I, I think he's the guy in the in the backfield that I prefer. But you also have Miles Sanders, Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles. Let's start with Michael. Michael, who are you looking at um, in this backfield, and who's the guy that you want to own? So if I had to choose... Someone to own, it'd be Miles Sanders just off the bat, just because of the potential there. He was the high round draft pick, and uh, and he's just the best all around running back on the team. But ADP wise, I'm not going anywhere near Miles Sanders. His ADP right now is 78 according to Fantasy Pros. In the Raz Bowl that you guys were just talking about, I saw him going the sixth round in my draft. Mine too. Mine too. Seventh round in a different draft. Fifth round, I even saw once. I think. No way. Yeah, no This way. guy, he just came, he already got hurt. He's already back. He's practicing and everything, but not a great sign if you already, you start the year hurt. He He's joining a team that never uses a, uh, that has not used a workhorse back in like since Brian Westbrook days. And Jordan, like you said, Jordan Howard's there now. Jordan Howard is a legit running back. He can't catch, but he's a legit running back who's probably going to be the goal line back, probably going to be in, in a lot of early downs. So I, I think Miles Sanders certainly has the highest ceiling, but ADP-wise, I just can't get behind drafting Miles Sanders as of today. They brought Darren Sproles back as well. 
They did. If you steal some targets, they still got Josh Adams. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. If Miles Sanders is drafted by someone in the fifth round and he ends up not getting a lot of touches in the first few weeks, that's a guy that you should definitely target for trades to try and get that guy later. That's my issue with Sanders. I think that's going to be the case. He might end up being a league winner starting week eight. But you're going to take him in the sixth round? Yeah. yeah. Too and much. You saw this with Carryon Johnson last year, too. People started taking him in the fifth round at some points. It's just it's you can't take a guy in the fifth round that's not going to play half the year for you. Like, if I told you that I'm taking A.J. Green in the fifth round, you'd be like, damn, are you sure? And that's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he's only missing two games. You're talking about a guy who's not going to play until the middle of the season for a team yeah. that uses running back by committee. I can't get on the Miles Sanders train either, no matter how talented he is. At his ADP, no. I mean, Jordan Howard's not getting re-signed by this team. Maybe Jay next Howard, year. 1,100 yards last year. They yeah. traded for him. Yeah. They, Nine touchdowns. They want him on the team. He's a good runner. Yeah. Looking, fifth-round picks. They gave up a fifth-round pick to get him, but everyone's so excited about fifth-round rookie running backs. Yeah. You know? They traded one for, for Josh Howard. So, you know, get excited. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, excuse me. Um, let's go over to the wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey, the last time he played, he dropped an important blow, ball in the playoffs that that cost the Eagles a win. So, um, let's see how that, you know, affects him mentally. Um, has career injury issues that did show up again last year. When he did play, he put up his classic wide receiver two numbers. He's really like the classic guy I want in my wide receiver two slot when he's healthy. Yeah. Um what do you expect from him this year? He was inconsistent in games with Wentz. Three games as a wide receiver, ones um, with Wentz, but six games finishing outside wide receiver three with Wentz. So he is up and down with him. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you this time. What do you see out of Alshon Jeffrey? Alshon Jeffrey this season, he's become as predictable as Chris Davis in his 247 average in baseball. If you look at what he's done the last four years, 52, 65. Oh, I'm, I'm just looking at two years. I thought I listed more, but somewhere in there, there was more, right? He's f- between 52 and 65. There's a mistake. So he makes that many receptions in the last four years. His touchdowns those four years, 4 two, nine, six. so generally around the five area. And then you look at his yards over the last four years, 789 and 843 is his span. So we're looking at a guy who's going to give you 6,807. How much are you willing to pay for that? I'm okay with that as my wide receiver three. Yeah. Now that you say, like, I don't he want also him as my two. Has yeah. injury problems. Say like that. He did end as a, a top thirty wide receiver the last two seasons, but that's also with other players getting hurt and such. It's not on a per game average basis. On that way, he's he is. I mean, if you want to take Alshon Jeffrey as your wide receiver three, I'm not going to blame you. But the ceiling is just not even close to what it was when he was like in Chicago. He's 29 now as well. So, I mean, he they, there's injury history. There's a bunch of weapons to throw to. It's not like he's going to see 10 targets a game. You you got to hope that the touchdown numbers are solid. What about D-Jax? D-Jax comes in, still that deep threat that everyone knows and loves, led the league in yards per reception last season with 18.9. But he's 32 years old. Carson Wentz, so far, loves having him aboard, he says. Is D-Jax a fantasy option, or is this a guy who's going to open up the field for other fantasy options? D-Jax is the... Perennial flex boom bust play yeah. every single year. Maybe wide receiver three. He'll have games where you have him there and you're like, yes, because he goes off for four receptions, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. But then he'll have games where he goes four receptions, 18 yards, yeah, <laughs> no touchdowns. Like That's what you have to deal with when it comes to D-Jax. He's a much better best ball player than he is weekly redraft player. He opens up the field for other people, though. If you look at his 
career. He's made Michael Vick better, Kevin Cobb, Colt McCoy, RG3, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The only person he didn't make better is Jameis Winston. And that's because Winston just can't throw outside, apparently. He just hits his tight ends. So I think he's going to help out Wentz, uh, maybe open up the field for Ertz a little bit. Jeffrey, he'll be a boom-bust player, though. Um, so speaking of boom-bust player, Nelson Aguilar, last he's, year— He might be cut. Yeah, I mean, I mean and also, it, uh, probably because he's he has no type of rapport with Wentz whatsoever. Last year, I had one game with less than five catches with Foles. One game with more than five catches with Wentz. That's five games with Foles. Eleven games with Wentz. It's a nice tidbit, you know. And that one game that he had over five catches with Wentz was a game that was six receptions for twenty yards. And then you got a guy Mac Hollins, who's probably the reason why Nelson Aguilar might get cut. Don't um, forget the rook, bro. He returns from injury. I'm not JJ Ortega Whiteside. Been rumored that he could see some targets um, in the red zone. Which is interesting. He is a bigger guy. He is. He was a huge red zone factor last season in college. He had 14 touchdowns. So he is a big, strong man. Caught 19 to 32 contested catch opportunities. So in college, if you threw up the ball to him, he was more than likely coming down with it. If that translates to the NFL, he could have one of those Mike Williams-like seasons last season where the receptions are not where you want them to be, but the touchdowns certainly are. Oof. Mike Williams is a... Is a- I'm not touching uh, Aguilar, J. Jaw, Hollins. I'm yeah, not touching any of them. I can't. I mean, I, I don't unless hate, one of them takes like really serious control of a role in during the preseason. I don't hate J. Jaw as a sleeper late round pick to just stash, especially if there's injuries or second half of the season. If right. Jeffrey gets hurt, it'll be interesting. Yeah. You know what's crazy? All that, and we haven't even mentioned the best target yet. And that's Dallas Goddard. <laughs> and that's the tight end position. Zach Gertz, I mean, Zach Gertz is as locked and loaded as they come. But, yo, Dallas Goddard. Love me some Dallas Goddard. I mean, bro. does he have standalone value as a as a tight end? No. I hate that people are drafting him. Yeah. No. He, he's going to see more work. All right. But to trust a <laughs> tight end, too, on a team stacked with. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love Dallas Goddard as, um, he's just, a, freak. as, as a player. Yeah, I, start, I started him last season when Ertz was hurt, and he got me. He had a huge game for me. Uh, same thing I did with Trey Burton two years ago when Ertz was hurt. It's just that number one tight end is huge in the passing game. Yeah, Zach Ertz, the number two tight end, not so much. He'll he'll probably have a couple games here and there where he finds the end zone and is useful. But there's no way I'm drafting J- Dallas Goddard as a tight end one. No, you know Zach Ertz does have a little history injury as well. You I do think that. Ertz is going to regress a little bit this year. I mean, when you break the record for 106, everyone keeps saying he's going to regress. He just broke the record with 116 receptions. Obviously, well, he it's had 100. That he the issue that. is that he had 156 targets. They brought in Djax, Jaw, Sanders, Howard, Goddard's going to have another year. In his first eight games, he had one game with less than eight targets. In his final eight, he had five games with eight or less targets. And if you look at his career, he averaged around 110 targets the three years prior and around 75 catches the three years prior. And around 830 yards at three years prior. That's a lot more in line with what he's done in his career over last year where he was thrust into a bigger role. I'm not buying the huge I still think he's regression. a Yeah, me neither. I still think he's the number one target there. But I do think that if there's one injury that happens in our one injury away segment, Dallas Goddard is a tight end that you're going to want to take. I think we're all in consensus, Dallas Goddard. If yeah. Zach Ertz gets injured and Dallas Goddard's, Goddard's on your waiver wire and you're playing with Fab... I would recommend dropping a serious shit ton of money on them. Especially if you're a Zach Ertz owner. You kind of have to. Or or if you just don't have a tight end. That's why you can draft Goddard which is half, tight Which end is half two. a fantasy league. Just don't. So who's better, Zach Ertz 
with Dallas Goddard or Dallas Goddard as the lone tight end? Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, of course. Yeah. But, you know. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question that JGR could be answered. JGR white side, too. Not a bad stash. Um, do you know what else isn't a bad stash? Your phone in your pocket until the next time we see you? No. No? That was bad. Uh, um, Michael, where did they better. find you? Mike underscore Petrop. <laughs> Jason. Jason Petrop. You know, you're doing 32 of these. You run out sometimes. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. feeling real, real, real frisky for Brodo. We got YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Come see our yep. beautiful faces. We have uh, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you yep. find it in your heart, please. Give us some money. Um, <laughs> Instagram, at Brodo Fantasy. Twitter, at Brodo Fantasy. Everything you need, BrotoFantasy.com. You know and with it. that, we'll see you tomorrow Later. on the hot wave. Heat wave. Heat wave. <laughs> Later. <laughs> on the heat wave. I'm, I'm going crazy over here. <laughs> Later.